We pick it up from the bottom of Kufi Bezim and Bez, where three lines from the bottom of Lezim and Yankov Omer Kasha, referring to that you let it tie this rope around the gate of the corral or something like that to hold the animals back. So the Gemara says, Pshita, of course you're allowed to tie the, the, the rope as a, de- as a door because you can open and close it. Like Tzricha says the Gemara, similar chedesh that we keep on saying, this Beitarti history that there are two ropes. So Ma'al I would have thought Chadim and Abatul Vatil that why you're only going to open up one of them, therefore the other one is going to be Batil, Kamash Malan, that no, you're going to open up both of them, and therefore it's considered a knot, a kesher, that you're going to open and close all the time, and therefore it's not an Isser, to make that not on Shabbos. Amr Av Yosef, Amr Av Yehuda, two lines down, Kuf Yud Gimel, Amr Aleph. Amr Av Yosef, Amr Yehuda, Amr Shmuel. Halach, Amr Lezim, and Yaakov. He baskets like this last statement of Rabbi Yaakov. Says Gemara, Amr Le'abaya, Halacha, Mechlal Tabligi. You're telling me you pass like him. That sounds like people argue. Amr Le'ay, my nafgulamina, this should sound familiar. What's the difference? What's the difference if someone argues? Even if no one argues, says the Gemara, Amr Le'ay, Gemara, Gemara, Zimurtati, hey, you're trying to make a Gemara into just a song. What? It doesn't make a difference who says what and who says who. Of course it makes a difference. It always makes a difference. We have to know who says. And is he arguing? Is he not arguing? And again, the Gemara does not clarify whether there actually is a machlekes, the Pasha says there is not a machlekes in the Mishnah, and that is the Psak. Says the Mishnah, Kufi Gimel Amid Aleph. Kaishan Dalib, if it's and we're discussing, continuing the Allahis of Kaishar, of tying, so says the Gemara, you have a well, and you have to pull up water from the well, from the pail, so you got to get some rope onto that pail, so how do you do it? Says the Gemara, says the Mishnah, I'm sorry, Kaishan Dalib, Ipiska, you're allowed to tie on the pail with a girdle, with a, with a basically a utensil, though that's what Rashi explains that the Ikra Nikuda over here is that it's not just a random rope that you might leave it there. It's an item, it's a utensil, something that you use, and therefore you're allowed to tie it onto the pail. Avaloi bechevel, but you're not allowed to use a rope. Again, for the obvious reason that you're going to tie it onto the pail and you're going to leave it there. Rav Yudamati, Rav Yudah says that is allowed. Which like Mara will explain. Kalalam Rav there's a rule that Rav Yudah says, Kol Kesher, Shein Shal Ein Chayavin Olaf. Any Kesher, which is not lasting, you're not Chayav on it. So again, we're going to have to discuss what this opinion of Rav Yudah is, just to give everyone a sneak peek. This is going to be arguing on the opinion of Rav Meir. We saw way back when in the first Mishnah, the Rameyer said any knot that you can't untie with one hand is not a knot and is allowed. Comes along Rav Yudah and he's giving a different a way of t- litmus test, how to figure out whether it's a knot. He says, it's So first says the Gemara, So the first part of the Mishnah said, you're not allowed to tie a rope onto a pail to drop the water. You're allowed to tie a girdle, you're allowed to tie some utensil onto the pail to pull it up. So says the Gemara, when it says you're not allowed to tie a rope, Chavel Demai, what type of rope? If it's a regular rope, how could you to come along and say that's mutter? It's a kesher shel kayama. It's a knot that's going to stand forever. So why would that be allowed? Says Gemara, kesher shel kayama. Ella chavel de gardi. It's a weaver's rope. It's a weaver's rope. It's a rope that someone uses in his work. And that's the reason why the Tanakhama said, you're not allowed to do it. Whereas if you said on that, you're allowed to do it because you're going to take it off. Why did the Chachamim, why did the Tanakhama hold, you're not allowed to tie in this rope? It's a weaver's rope. You're going to take off this rope in order to 
Use it in the loom, use it in your work. So what's the reason the Chachamim, the Tanakhamim held it is Aser? Says the Gemara, the reason is they made a Gezeira. You're not allowed to use this. Atu, that you might use a regular rope. We're afraid you're going to, if we let you use this type of rope, you'll use a regular rope. And therefore it's Aser. Rav Yudah Savar and Rav Yudah holds, we don't make such a Gezeira. And it's two different things. A regular rope you're not allowed to use. And this weaver's rope you're allowed to, yes, use. So for Aminu, the Gemara has a question. Again, the basic premise of the question it's a little bit going to be the but the basic premise of the question is that we see Rabbi Yehuda does not make a zero and the Rabbanon yes making zero. So the Gemara has a question. If we have this rope of the pail that rips, don't tie a knot on it. Rather, tie a bow on it. That's the Tanakama holds. Rav and Rav says, Punda, use some sort of belt, a hollow belt, and tie it to it, or that girdle that we spoke about. Vanu, as long as you don't tie a bow on it. Says the Gemara, It's a stira. So what's the stira? Again, it's a little bit complicated because this has nothing to do with a chavel de gardi or, or a weaver's rope or a regular rope. But the Gemara is assuming right now that the question is that Rav Yehuda is allowing you to use a utensil, seemingly because he's not nervous about his gzeira, which a moment ago, what did we just say? We said, the Rabbanon held that we make a gzeira of chavel de gardia to chavel dalma. Avida says we don't make a gzeira. The problem is, over here, Rav Yehuda allows you to use the girdle, the belt, but he didn't allow you to make a bow. So the Gemara is assuming right now, explains Rashi, why did Rav Yehuda not allow you to make a bow? It must be because he was afraid if we let you make a bow, you're going to come to make a knot. And the Gemara says, why is that true? We know Rav Yehuda doesn't make gzeira. We just saw a moment ago. He allows you to use the weaver's rope, even though, and you're, we're now worried you're going to come to use a regular rope. So the question is, so why is he not? Why is he not afraid to let you use a bow, and you might come to tie a knot? That's the sira in the Rav Yehuda, and the sira in the Chachamim, the Tanakama, as they said, but you're allowed to make a bow. Why are you allowed to make a bow? We just said a moment ago, you're not allowed to make any sort of, uh, use any sort of chavel because you're afraid you're going to come to use a chavel de alma, a regular rope. So the Gemara's answer, the reason why it's a little bit complicated to explain the question, is because the answer is very obvious. Explains the Gemara, Why is it not a question? The Rabbana were afraid that you might come to switch ropes. If we let you use a weaver's rope, you're going to come to use a regular rope. And that's what they said, you're not allowed to put the weaver's rope to tie up the pail. But they're not afraid that you're going to come to mess up between a bow and a knot. So they said to make a bow is yes allowed. And we're not afraid that because we allow you to make a bow, you're going to come make a knot. It's Rav Yudat Yudelikasha. The same thing on Rav Yudat. It's also not a question. Why did Rav Yudat say you're not allowed to make an aniva? You're not allowed to make a bow. It's not because we're afraid you're going to come to mix up and end up making a knot. A big chedesh that Rav Yudat holds that a bow and aniva is a knot. And that's why it's Aser. So it's nothing to do with the Gzeira. And that's the reason why it's not a stira. Again, the Havamina was that we're going to equate that since Rav Yudah did not allow a bow, so he shouldn't allow by us. And since the Chachamim yes allowed a bow, he should have allowed by us. And the Mars answering, they have nothing to do with each other. The Chachamim hold that we're afraid you're going to mix up ropes. And therefore, we don't allow you to use the weaver's rope because you might come to use a regular rope. However, we're not afraid if we let you make a bow, you're going to come to make a knot. Therefore, that is permissible. Rav Yudah, on the other hand, 
says, no, you're not going to make a bow, not because anything to do with a knot, because he holds a bow is a knot, and that is why it is forbidden. Four lines into the wide lines. Person is allowed to bring a rope from his house and tie up his cow and to, to the feeding trough. You're allowed to take the rope, one hand on the cow and one hand on the feeding trough. So, and obviously the simple understanding is why. Because you're not going to leave the cow tied up the whole Shabbos. So it must be. You're tying it up so it eats and then you're going to untie it. And that's why it is allowed. So says the Gemara, easy. Ravach Aricha, who is Ravach of our Papa, asks, If you have a rope that's already on the Evas, it's ready on the feeding trough, then Kaishai Bipara. Then you'll have to tie the other end onto the cow. Vishabipara, if there's already a rope on a cow, Kaishai Bivas, you'll have to tie it onto the feeding trough. Ubilvad, but says this Brahsa, what are you not allowed to do? Shalah Yavi Khavumitay Pesa, don't bring a rope and Kaishai Paro Bivas. And tie both ends on. So it's a direct steerer. You just taught me that bring a rope and tie both ends on. This price says, if there's a rope already on one end, you tie it on the other end. But you can't bring a rope. Answers the Gemara, Over there, we were talking about bringing a regular rope. And that's why it said, don't bring out a regular rope and tie up your cow to the feeding trough because we're afraid at some level you're going to keep one end there and therefore that would be forbidden. Whereas in our case, talking about a chavel de gardi, talking about this weaver's rope, and therefore we're not even afraid you're going to keep one end on because the weaver's going to need it back. And therefore it is permissible. Amr Yudam Shmuel, Kli Kiyua, uh, the, the weavers implements the different parts of the loom. Mutter Latalsan. So, once we discuss this Chavel de Gardi, this weaver's rope, the Gemara sort of takes a left turn for a moment and discusses the parts of the loom, whether they are muksa or not. So, we have a three way machlekes over here. Amr Rav Yudam Shmuel, Kli Kiyua, Mutter Latalsan Bishabbos. Says Rav Yudam Shmuel, a weaver's implements all the different parts of the loom. You're allowed to move them on Shabbos. Rashi says, Why well, are you allowed to move them on Shabbos? Because you're not makbid on them. And you use them for other things as well. And therefore, the klisha machtel lahater. It's not even klisha machtel iser because they're used for other things as well. All these different parts of the loom. But he may name by Rav Yehuda. So they ask from Rav Yehuda, koyved el yoyin the top beam, the koyved atachtoyin the bottom beam. Ma'u, what's the din? In the lav Rafi biyade, he wasn't sure. Again, you have this loom. Remember, we have the one, we have the warp and the weft. One's going up, and one's going down. Basically, on the top, you had a bar, which is this beam that we're talking about. That one that these strings would go t- attached to, and at the bottom, you had another bar that the bottom would attach to. And those bars, that is what we are discussing. And on that, Rav Yudam Rishmol said, "In the lav Rafi biyade," which means yes, no, maybe he wasn't sure whether that's going to be muksa or not. So itmar Amar Nachman Amar So that was Rav Yudam so if you Shmuel said, you're allowed to move the regular implements of the loom, when, when it came to the beams, he wasn't sure. Rav Nachman Amr Shmuel comes along and he says, Kliki, you are mutzal ta'atzalim b'shabbos. You're allowed to move them on Shabbos. Afilu, even, even this top bar, the bottom bar, you're allowed to move them, again, seemingly, because they have regular usages, and therefore he says, you're allowed to move them on Shabbos. Avaloi, but what are you not allowed to move? Esamudim, the pegs, which are the pieces that hold the loom, it's a big loom, and they have the pegs that hold it into the ground, those you're not allowed to move on Shabbos. And the Gemara will explain why. So Rav now asks to Rav Nachman, why, why the poles can't you move? If you're allowed to move the loom, you're allowed to move the top bar, you're allowed to move the bottom bar, why are you not allowed to move the pillars, why are you not allowed to move these poles, the posts, that are holding it into the ground? 
count. Says the Gemara, Elaim of the Kavi Gumais. If you're going to tell me that it makes a hole, Gumas and Eila Kavion. You're not intending to make the hole. If this thing is stuck in the ground and you take it out, you're not trying to make that hole. It happens on its own. That's now we learned in the Mishnah. If someone hides a turnip or a radish underneath the grapevine, it makes us El Olav Megulan. If part of the leaves are revealed, if part of it is sticking out of the ground, you allowed to take it out on Shabbos. You don't have to worry about Kalayim. You don't have to worry about Shemitah. You don't have to worry about And you're to take it out of the ground on Shabbos. Why are you allowed to take it out of the ground on Shabbos? I, when you take it out, it's going to make a little hole. Says the Marks. That's not what you're intending to do, so we don't care about that. So why would you not be allowed to move the post of this loom out of the ground? Who cares that a hole is made in the ground? That is not what you're coming to do. Says the Gemara, Bissadeh, Loi, when you're in the field, the turnip, the radish, the case of the price that we just quoted, there we're not worried because if you take it out and now there's a little hole in the ground, you're not going to come to Yimash Vigumos to smooth out the ground because who cares? It's your ground outside. But in our house, this loom is in your house. That's the reason why I'm not going to Rashmul held. You're not going to take out the post because you're making a hole and you're going to come to flatten out the ground. So, so far we had two opinions. What is the story with the loom? Rav Yudam Rashmul said the regular parts of the loom you let move. Move, but not the top beam and the bottom beam, he wasn't sure. Rav Nachman of Rishmol said, you let him move the regular parts of the loom. You let him move the top beam. You let him move the bottom beam. You're just not allowed to take out the posts for a different reason cause it's going to make a hole and it's in your house and so we have to be afraid you come to smooth it out. And now the third opinion is Bami Nei Rav Yechom. Rav Yudabar Levahi. Rav Yudabar Levahi. Kliki Yuah. These uh, weaver implements. Kegoyim. Koyvet Elyon. Koyvet Atachton. Ma'ol Atachton. B'Shabbos. So yeah, Rav Yudabar Levahi. Are you allowed to move this item on Shabbos? Amar Lei. Ain Metaltale. Nope, you're not going to move it at all. The opposite extreme. Why? Matam Lefishaini Talin. Because they're not normal to be moved, Rashi says, because they're very heavy. And they didn't even move it during the week. It always, always stay there. So that's the reason why Ritubar Levoy holds there Muksa. So we have on one extreme, Ritubar Levoy holds everything is Muksa because it's very heavy. We have Ramnachan or Shmuel holds, you'll have to move everything, even the beams, even the poles, even the bars. The whole loop, we're not worried about making a hole because it's. Sorry, you're not allowed to move the post because we're worried about it's making a hole, but the actual loom itself, you're allowed to move because it's not muksa. And then we have Yudamr Shmuel, which allowed you to move the implements, but not the top beam and the bottom beam, because those he wasn't sure whether they are usable or not. Says the Mishnah, I knew, so yeah. Kufi Gimlam obeys the Bana Mishnah. Make Kaplan as I them. Are you allowed to fold? Folding laundry, folding shirts, folding clothing, folding him. Is that allowed on Shabbos? Says the Mishnah. Make Kaplan as I them. You're allowed to fold Kaplan. You're allowed to fold garments. Ahafilu arba v'chavisha pamim four and five times. Seemingly, it's mother. The Gemara will explain there's a bunch of conditions, but it is allowed if you fulfill the conditions. Number two says the Mishnah. Matina semi to never Shabbos the Shabbos. You're allowed to make your bed. Friday night to Shabbos. Avoloi. Mi Shabbos Mosei Shabbos. Hachana. You're not going to make your bed on Shabbos or Mosei Shabbos. It's Rachana. Ravi Shmola Imer. Hachana or Tircha. We'll have to see. Rav Yishmael Oimer, Mekablin is like Kalim, you'll have to fold the Kalim. Umatin is a Mitois, you'll have to make the bed. Miyoyim Akipurim le Shabbos, from Yom Kippur to Shabbos. Again, if Yom Kippur was a Friday, you'll have to do it on Yom Kippur for Shabbos. The Chelve Shabbos and the Chalavim on the base of Megdash, Karivim, you'll have to bring them on the Mizbech, the Yom Kippurim, on Yom Kippur if it's Matzi Shabbos. Avaloshel Kli Yom Kippurim be Shabbos, but not vice versa if Yom Kippur is Friday and Shabbos is the next day, you'll have to bring up the Chalavim on Shabbos. Rav Akiva, Yom Kippurim, 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 Yom K
You're not allowed to offer the chilev on the other day. And the second half of this Mishnah is not going to be for today. That's going to be later on. We're going to deal with what's going on, bringing these fats and limbs and whatnot on Yom Kippur and Shabbos, etc. But the first half of the Mishnah is, when are you allowed to fold something on Shabbos? Says the Gemara, Amrit Veir of Yanai. So the Mishnah said, it's mutter. Comes the Veir of Yanai with a bunch of conditions, four conditions to fold anything on Shabbos. Says Rav Yanai, Condition number one, you're only allowed to fold something if you do it by yourself. Two people together, not allowed to fold. Two people, it makes a tight crease that is not allowed. Number two, and even when you're one person, when you let it fold it, only if something is brand new. If it's brand new, it's not so creased. The Mepharshim explained. And therefore, you're not doing such a ticking. Again, the issue here is when you're folding, you're doing a ticking, you're smoothing it out. You're, you're creating it some form of freshness and newness to it. So when it is new still, then it's allowed. If it's an old garment, then no. And even when it's new, you're not allowed if it's a white garment. A colored garment, it's going to be forbidden to fold. So again, if it's old, if it's two people, or if it's colored, you're not allowed to fold it on Shabbos. And the only time it's mutter is if you have nothing else. You have nothing else to change into, so you want to fold it so that it keeps the crease for Shabbos morning. But if you have something else, you're not allowed. And this is the reason why, to, let's say, take a pair of pants, a pair of trousers, and fold them on the crease on Shabbos is problematic because it's colored, and therefore that's one problem. Number two is, it might be called Yishanim. That might be another problem. It might be called that you have another pair of pants, and... Okay, you're probably doing it by yourself. And this is also the reason why folding on a talus on Shabbos is also problematic. Even though a talus maybe could be called lavan, could be called white. Is it chadosh? Is it new? That's going to obviously be debatable. Do you have another talus? I don't know. It depends. Are you actually wearing this talus on Shabbos? If not, not, then it won't be allowed. So again, that is the issue. There are four tonight to fold anything on Shabbos. have to do it by yourself. It has to be new. It has to be white. And you have to be doing it because you have nothing else to wear. Look up at Shabbos. Says the Gemara, They would not fold their white vessels on Shabbos. Because they had other things to change into. So why am I folding this one? Just change it to something else. If you have something to change into, change it something else. What should you do? You should lower your begadim. Rashi explains that it was the way of, uh, of, of uh, royalty to wear their clothing down of some sort. It's like a longer jacket. They would let their jacket or the pants down and then they would drag on the floor and they wouldn't care about it. And the point here is, for COVID Shabbos, that's the reason why they would do it. Why are you doing that? It looks very haughty to do that. How are you allowed to do that? It looks like a balgaiva. Since every day you don't do that. And today, you're doing it. It doesn't look haughty, and therefore you're allowed to do it. Now the Gemara is going to go, and the Gemara is going to go when it's talking about Kavit Shabbos, and discuss Kavit Shabbos. So the Gemara says, four lines on the bottom, and you should honor Shabbos, and the Gemara is going to darshan up this Pasuk to teach us numerous halachas regarding Shabbos. It says the Gemara, you should honor Shabbos by not going in your ways, what does it mean you should give it COVID, you should honor Shabbos? Number one, your clothing of Shabbos should not be like your clothing of the weekday, that's the Makar for wearing Shabbos clothes, that's the first part of the Pasuk, 
just like Rav Yechonon taught us, Kari Lamani Machburiti, you call his money, his clothing Machburiti, that which honors a person. So V'chibadatai, how do you honor Shabbos? By having beautiful Shabbos clothing. By not going in your way, what does that teach us? The going of Shabbos, the walking of Shabbos, should not be the same as the walking of during the week. Number three says the Gemara, a different boss, like Mimsai Chavzacha, not a different boss, it's actually a continuation of this Apostle in Yeshaya, Mimsai Chavzacha from. from Going what you want. What does it teach us? Chavsecha, your chafatzim, your business, your regular mundane activities is asurin. Chavsei shamayim, but Hashem's activities zeh mutari. Chavsei shamayim, that is mutter. It says the Gemara of Davar Davar, the end of the pasuk. So again, what do we see so far? Number one is Shabbos clothing. Number two, when you walk in Shabbos is different. Number three is that the way you conduct yourself is you don't do business on Shabbos. And number four is Vidabar Davar. Moving on to Kufi Gimel and Bevei Shaliyeh Divurcha Shal Shabbos Kedivurcha Shal the way that you talk on Shabbos is not like the way you talk during the week. You don't talk about business. You don't talk about chashbainus. Shabbos is not a time for a business. Shabbos is a time for Hashem. Shabbos is a time for Shabbos. And therefore, you have to be careful on the words that you say. Vidaber Diber Aser says the Gemara here are mutter, but thinking is not Aser. It's only Aser to say the words business, to say words of business, etc. Says the Gemara. Bishlama kulu All the things that you just taught me, I understand. What does it mean that you're walking of Shabbos? How do you walk differently? Understand how you talk differently? Understand how you dress differently? Understand that you don't discuss business. What does it mean that you walk differently? What is it? My he says. Let's say you go in the road to Pagabam and Samayim, and you reach a river. If you could pick up one foot and put it down, before you put down the second one, meaning it's called you're not jumping, walking, you put down one foot and then you pick up the other one, mutter, that's allowed, you got to take a step. However, but if not, if you have to jump, you have to pick up both feet at the same time, jumping is going to be forbidden. So what should you do? You're sitting there, you're walking on the road and there's water there. What should you do? You can't jump. Okay, so what should you do? Says the Gemara, you should go around, circumvent the water. Come out with Why is that okay? You're making yourself walk more on Shabbos. And the Gemara thinks right now that just like the walking should be different, you shouldn't excessively walk on Shabbos. Says the Gemara Liavar, you should go straight through the water. Says the Gemara, how can you do that? What's going to happen? Your clothing is going to get all wet, and we're afraid. And we're afraid that you're going to come to do Shita. So what should you do? We're swalking a quandary. To go around is not good. To jump is no good. To go through is no good. So what should you do the first wide line El says the Gemara El Baha since there's nothing else to do it's okay you're allowed to jump over it so now the Gemara doesn't know what the, what is the Shabbos different than the because we see that when you have no choice you're allowed to jump so what does it mean that you should walk differently on Shabbos than you should walk during the week says the Gemara like Hello, so the Gemara answers, Are you allowed to even take a big step during the week? When you walk, it takes a large step. Gaiva, haughtiness, takes away one five hundredth of your eyesight. It diminishes your eyesight. You do not even do it during the week. But it brings it back at the Kedusha of Friday night. Friday night Kiddush, drinking that Kiddush wine, Gives you back your eyesight for all the large steps of Sia Gas that he took during the week. Of course, you're still not supposed to do, you're not supposed to be haughty. But what we're saying is when it comes to Shabbos, you don't have that savior stiff or you're not supposed to take this an additional restriction on taking large steps on Shabbos. 
As we'll see, but when it comes to, let's say, doing a Devar Mitzvah or things like that, then it's going to be permissible, because then it's nicker what you're doing is, like, running to shul. But if not for that, you're not supposed to run on Shabbos, not supposed to jump the Chatzil on Shabbos, you're not supposed to take big steps on Shabbos. Shabbos is the time, like the Gemara said, you're walking, should be different, you walk nicely, you are not as rushed, it's not the hustle bustle, it's not during the week. Says the Gemara, four lines down, Are you allowed to eat earth, Adama, on Shabbos, which is a sort of remedy, Amr are you allowed to even during, do, eat it during the week? Because it's bad for you, and therefore you're not even allowed to eat it during the week, even though it was some sort of refuah, because the overall is going to be bad for your body, he's saying, then you're not even allowed to do it during the week. Anyone who eats from the dirt, the dust, shall bubble above him. It's like eating from the flesh of his ancestors, People who died and people who were buried during the exile. and some say It's like eating shkatsim and ramasim, creepy crawly creatures. That by the flood, by the mabul, all the water it destroyed and it pure and it putrefied everything, and therefore that's all sitting there in the dust, and therefore you won't, you don't want to eat that dust. Why is Bavel called Shinar? Says the Gemara called Mesi Mabel Nen Aru Lisham because all the dead of the Mabel were dumped there in Bavel, and that's why one should not eat the dust of Bavel because you could be eating remains of people and crawling creatures, etc. So ten lines down. What is the reason why Bavel is referred to as Mitsula, the deep? She called Mesi Mabel. Because all the dead of the Mabel sink there. Another reference to Bavel, referencing that the Mabel deposited all the people there. So that's according to the Mandamra, that's if you're eating people. Some say it's if you're eating Shkazar Masim, Vavadim, says Gemara, why is that true? But they're all destroyed, they're all dissolved from the hot water of the Mabel, says the Gemara, I'm going to the Malki. But since it's bad for your health, because the Rabbanan, the Rabbanan said you shouldn't do it. There was a person who ate clay, and then he ate cress, and a cress bush sprouted in his stomach, and he died. Maybe this is, you know, the original uh, predecessor of eating gum. You're going to grow a gum tree in your stomach because you see this person eat crest and a crest tree. That's actually real. The gum is not. And the person died. Except for you don't want to eat these things. Says the Gemara of Rachatzta. Going back to Shabbos, like we started on the bottom of Medal, we said that your clothing on Shabbos should be different. The Gemara now says that you should wash, you should wash yourself, and you should anoint yourself, and then you put on your clothing. This is all in Kavit Shabbos. This refers to putting on your Shabbos Gadim. And now the Gemara, once we spoke about that, the Gemara sort of again makes a left turn, and the Gemara discusses. Different people who took the words and were a little bit smart with them. Then the Chacham Yachem give someone to a Chacham and he'll be even wiser. So we're going to see two stories of two Chachamim, one was a girl, Ros, and how they took the words that they were given and they did even more with it. Amar Avalazar, what is this referring to? Zurus Amavia, we're about, I don't know, 12 lines into the wide lines. First one of the line is Ros. This refers to Ushmul Aramasi. Says the Gemara, what are the stories? Ros, Ilu Nami, Kamar La, Ros, Ros, because Nami said to her, and that's why we bring this down because of this Pasik. Rami said, Rachatz, you should watch Vesach, then you should anoint yourself, Santatim Lysecha, Alecha, and you should put on your clothing, and then you should go down, you should go down to meet Boyaz, Vilu Bidi Deg, save, and what did Ros actually do? Vatirin Agayrin, she went down, Vahadar, 
and then afterwards, she did everything that her mother-in-law said to her because she was nervous that she didn't want people to see her going down all freshly washed and anointed and dressed and people are going to suspect that she's a Zaina and therefore she switched around the order and she first went down and then she changed her clothing. Shmuel, so what's this? Shmuel Haramasi, where was he of smart? What did Eli tell him? Lie down and it will be that if Hashem Yikrei Lecha Vamarta and Hashem will save you Daber Hashem Kishamea Devarecha Listen because they speak your servant is listening says the Gemara but what does Shmuel actually say meaning Eli said to him you should say speak Hashem and what did Eli say and Hashem came and he stood and Hashem called out Shmuel Shmuel so what does Shmuel respond Daber, speak, for your servant is listening. And he did not say, Daber Hashem, which is what Eli said to him. And this is what the Gemara is saying, is a reference that he was smart, that he took what he was told, and he did it even better, because he was nervous. What if it wasn't actually Hashem calling out to him? Maybe it wasn't a nevuah. And if he said, Daber Hashem, we'll be saying the Shem Hashem in vain. And therefore he was better than he was even taught. And therefore he was more careful. Says the Gemara, going back to Rus, a bunch of stories about Rus. And Rus went down and she collected in the field she went and she came until she found that there were good harvesters there that could go with her and help her out first word in the line is Imayim. for anyone who's looking we're smack in the middle of these massive lines that's standing on the harvest who is this girl says the Gemara what's going on here did, did Bayez ask every girl that walked by who is this girl Bayaz saw in Ross a matter of chachma, a matter of wisdom. Shnei locked. What happened? This is dinner of Leket. That when the harvester drops a, uh, a, a wheat or a bushel or something, uh, 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 drops something, then uh, ear of corn or something or wheat or something, then you're allowed to pick it up. So says the Gemara. Shnei When there were two ears dropped, lakata. She picked it up. Shleisha. When there were three ears dropped, ain't a lakata. Which is that's not lacha. That when two are dropped, that's Leket. You're allowed to take it. When three are dropped, you're not allowed to take it. Says the Gemara. In the Mishnah, I learned to Varsinius Rauba, he saw in her, Bayas saw in Rus that she acted with a matter of Tzniyas, that what? When she picked up the grain, the standing grain, which is the Shikha, the things that were left by, left over, she did it standing. Knife lice, when she picked up the things that were lying in the ground, she didn't bend over, rather, Mushav, she crouched down, she sat down in order to be Tzniyas, not to reveal her legs, etc. So that was the reason why Bayas called out and said, Who is this girl? Let's finish up over here. So Bayas said, And you should cling to my maidens. What's going on over here? Bayez is hanging out with a bunch of girls. Says Gemara, Amrav Lazar. Kivan the Chazal once Bayez saw that Tishik Arpa lechamayis of Ruach Dov Kaba. Once Bayez saw that Arpa kissed her mother-in-law. But Rust stayed with her. Amar Shari He saw that Rust must be want to be Megayer for the right reasons. He's not following. She's staying behind. Therefore, he said, I'm allowed to marry her. And Bayez said to her at the mealtime, Come here. What is the word? He made a remez to her. I see the Malchus based David. The Malchus based David is going to come out of you. says this word Haloim hither. That you came that you came, and that's the word halayim that Bayez said to Ross, referencing to the fact that 
she will eventually have the Malchus Beitavik coming from her. The first one line is Halayim. We're about 12 lines to the bottom. We'll just learn a few more lines. Says the Gemara. Dip your bread into Chaimitz and vinegar. We see from here that Chaimitz vinegar is good when it's very hot outside. No, it's a remez. Now what? It's going to be a child that comes out of you that his actions are bitter like are terrible like vinegar. And who is that? And Rus sat amongst the harvesters. She sat next to them, not in, not in the midst of them. Remez, Ramaz law, what's the Remez? Shasi the Malchus Bistavish is Chalik, that the Malchus Bistavish eventually is going to be split up. And boys gave her some grain and she ate it. What does this mean that she ate? That's referring to the days of David. And she was satisfied. And she has left over in the days of Chizkiyot. And some learned. And she ate in the days of David and Shlom. And she was satisfied. What does that mean that the days of Rebbe? The stable man of Rebbe there was so much wealth that even the stable man from collecting all the manure and selling it as fertilizer was so wealthy it was even more wealthier than Shabur referring to 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 referring to